Welcome back to Newsworthy Live. Welcome back to Steve, since he's back from vacation, at which point he grimaces. He's obviously not that happy to be, not saying you don't enjoy the audience and you don't enjoy doing the podcast, but apparently doesn't stack up that well to being on vacation. Um, all of that's true. Here's the catch. What's that? I can do all of this while sipping drinks on a beach somewhere. Very true. So, with that being said, um, if you like our show, click on whatever you're listening to. Um, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean. If you're listening to us live, like it, share it, and that helps us grow. It helps us um expand and that helps me get closer to being able to do the show on the beach there you go i like that um we can be like snoop dog yeah with his little mini slim cans slim cans corona that's right corona not the virus the beer (laughs) corona on the beach so we have wine today jerry we do I'm not for sure why. I'm just glad we have it. Oh, well, because I'm back and I missed this this last week. And, um, we went over 900 downloads <laughs> while I was reason. gone. That's fantastic. Another good reason. Um, speaking of, we are narrowing it. And you and I had a conversation yesterday, I think it was, about we're about to hit a huge milestone. We've been kind of celebrating each hundred or what? hundred, not hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guess what state we're from? Um, we've been talking about, you know, celebrating every, every hundred downloads that we get. And we are pretty proud of that, but man, almost to a thousand, we're almost at a thousand downloads. Um, and that's just awesome. We got to figure, and with y'all's help, we want to do a really special show, something during the show for the show, for you guys, something. Email us some great ideas. If you're in our live chat, um, send them to us on live chat. And I swear, Jerry, I will keep the transcripts for you this time, I promise. <laughs> I thought you was going to promise something even better. Uh, I, I do not. going to promise that there would be no feet pics in the email sent. Oh, uh, well, you know, we, we <laughs> remind me, I got something for you. Here no, a please don't. I'm not going to remind you for that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but send it to our email, which is newsworthy with Stephen Jerry at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, today I just opened the email or I opened the Podbean app, and we got congratulations from Podbean for two new milestones, according to them uh, 20 plus hours of live streaming. Uh, I listened, Jerry. Have you have you listened to any podcast yet at all? Uh, I've listened to several bits and pieces. Have you listened to a complete podcast no. yet? No, of any, not. not even hours. Not hours. None. <sighs> Mercy. Ain't nobody got time for that. Lots of people have time for that. Podcasts are good. They're our friends. I drove all the way to Nor- uh, New Orleans. And all the way back from New Orleans. Do you know what I listened to the entire way there and the entire way back? Podcasts. Podcasts. Really? Yeah, different different folks. Um, and it really helps me, I think, or I, I like to think, helps me develop us a little bit. You know, because 
one of the ones I listened to were brand new, just like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the same hiccups and headaches, just like us at the very beginning, which made me feel really good. Now, they're up to like 300 episodes. So, you know, they're getting paid to do this, and they're having a great time, and they got it figured out. So hopefully it doesn't take us up to 300 episodes to figure it out. Especially at the rate we're going. That'll be a few years. Oh, geez. Um, um, but also, Podbean congratulated us today. And this one's the most important for me as far as the early things that we've gotten accolades for, if you will. Yep. We've had 100-plus listeners in our live stream. That's just huge. That's somebody actually not just downloading this for a second, saying, hey, these guys are whack and bailing out. These are people that actually spend a little time with us in some form or fashion. And And you can't mention that without giving kudos to Double Infinity. Double Infinity. The OG uh, from episode uh, one. Mochi's Munchies. uh, Those two are always there. Uh, Kevin Fuller's been with us here Terrible recently. Uh, so a lot of good things. And, you know, we appreciate that. We got a lot of folks, some of our biggest growth in in, a, in our podcast, which still blows me away, California. is California and Florida and Dude, it's uh, your New liberal, York City. It's your liberal slant on all these issues. It's bringing <laughs> people in. My liberal slant. Your liberal slant. Okay. It's got to be what it is, don't you think? I, no, I think what, what it was is last week I scared them, and they're all going to start moving inland now because of the oh. the, the, the uh, big glacier that's melting. You're right, by the way. Yeah, 10 I feet. looked it up. I'd never heard, I, I, and I'm much more of a believer in global warming than you have been over the last several years, and I still talked to you about it. Uh, yeah, I had not read that uh, 10 feet's huge. Yeah. 10 I feet mean, is world-changing. Yeah. From so many different aspects. That, that's you. Speaking of that, and, yeah. and I was I was doing some research for the show today, and I don't know how it came up in my feed, but there was a picture, and it was a space take a, a picture from space taken from space. Unless you're a flat earther, then it was a fake. Uh, but so many times when we see pictures from space, it shows all the continents. It shows you know South America or South or, you know Africa and North America and. Um, this particular picture was taken from the Southern Pacific. Okay. And the only thing you could see in the whole picture, it was all blue except for a few islands. How we doing? It was a really, really neat picture. I, I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, back to our celebration. Probably, if if things go well, and I'm not putting the cart before the horse, but within the next couple of weeks, we're going to hit a thousand, yeah. and uh, we need to do something special, maybe a giveaway, or or uh, Jerry gets, I get to throw water balloons at Jerry on air, or make him eat something gross. Or speaking of eating, you'd be so proud of me, Jerry. Why is that? I, I ate food that I would never eat on the cruise. You ate something other than your my that's ten not items. on your list of ten approved food items. I did. I did. Oh my goodness! I had escargot. Really? Now that one, yeah, wouldn't have thought that. Me either. But I just sucked it up. Hey, doubles with this finally. Welcome, Welcome in, double. Uh, had what escargot. Uh, it tasted like a rubbery mushroom. <laughs> I wasn't that impressed with it. I'm not a Escargot person. 
Uh, I had wild boar. And? Um, it was delicious. Probably there by far awesome. one of the best things I actually ate on the whole cruise. Awesome. I wish I could have had a whole meal of just that. It was delicious. Um, what else did I have? I've had it before, and I thought it was okay. So I, I think the secret there is probably the way that it was yeah, it was done. It was done as an open slider, uh, and it had uh, apple slaw with it, which I never had that either. So I chopped that one up. Yeah. Um, it was good. Uh, just lots of good stuff. The vacation from the very beginning to the very end was amazing. Awesome. Uh, no worries. Much needed. Uh, so, vacation. Double, you just joined us. We are celebrating with wine tonight. 20 hours, 20 plus hours of live streaming. And the more importantly one, more important one of the two, uh, we are we have a hundred live listeners as of last week. So, which she is a huge, part which you are a huge part of. Thank you very much. Um, just want to say that. Whew, that's a lot of talking. Why am I doing all the talking and you're drinking all the wine? Um, <laughs> I don't understand. Because I've got this figured out better than you. <laughs> Well, I will I'm, add that we are drinking a new wine. Yeah, please tell we them about are, the wine. Yeah, it's Gallo family. Um, it's cheap. That big bottle was $10. $10 for a <laughs> bottle of cold, sweet, sweet red. red. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what can go wrong? So it's not Stella Rosa. It is Gallo. It is good. I don't think it's nearly as good. It's it's good. I like it. Is it to the level of Stella Rosa? No. no I still think Stella Rosa is far and away the best that we've had. But, uh, yeah, it's still good, sweet red wine. So we're going to take that and be very happy with it. Glad to have you back, bud. We missed last week. The uh, people downloading the episodes didn't. We were fortunate enough a couple of weeks ago to have Clay Davis with us on a Sunday afternoon, and we went ahead and recorded the episode for last week. And I uh, uploaded that a day late, but got it uploaded. And uh, But we're certainly glad to have you back. I'm sure you wish you were still on vacation, but we are glad to have you back. So, Jerry, usually I ask how your week was. Don't think I really need to. It we was just got back from your cruise. Amazing. I uh, really want to do a quick shout out to Crystal Hobbick. She covered me while I was going with all my real estate deals and uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, I don't know if she listens to the podcast. I'm hoping that she doesn't, and if she or if she does, and if she doesn't, hopefully she does soon. But thank you very much for allowing me that opportunity. So, Jerry, yeah, we all have that favorite teacher okay. growing up. Who was your favorite teacher? Um, Carol Shear. She was my high school math teacher. She was known to be one of the hardest teachers in our high school. Uh, had a name, I thought, of being a mean teacher. Very tough. She turned out to be the best teacher that ever had. She was just extremely good. She wasn't hard. She was demanding. Yeah. She wanted the most out of her students, and she was pretty good at getting it. Uh, I love Carol Shear. Cool. That's good. Yours? Who was your favorite teacher? I had, uh, in high school, I had Miss Turtle. She was fantastic. Miss Turtle. Yeah, she taught us well. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> Fell right into that one, huh? Yeah. Oh, you really mean that? I see. <laughs> you're so proud of yourself. I am. That was good because you're laughing. You were actually laughing at that one. <laughs> you were 
so proud of yourself. Hey, listen, that, yeah. that joke has multiple meanings because my favorite race or faction in TI-4 is the Extra, which are True. basically space turtles. Yep. So. <laughs> I haven't played that anymore recently. Since I heard last, I heard you're like three out of the last four. You won. Yeah, right? five out of last or four out of the last five at this point. Oh, nice, very nice. Well, I guess I'll go ahead with my dad joke, although I'm not for sure it'll quite match up to the level of yours. But anyway, how do you get a one-armed man out of a tree? Jeez, oh, what's up with you in the trees? I how? Like trees. How do you get a one-armed man out of the tree? Wave. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently mine, at least you thought it was good. <laughs> that was good. That was wonderful. Thank you, Double. She loved my joke. She was applauding me. I was one of the better ones you've had. I've got to admit that. <laughs> I must say. Oh, man. I do agree. So how was your week? It was very good. Very hot. Uh, but I wasn't here. Exactly. Yeah. I looked in the mirror. That was oh. Yeah, oh. it was very warm. Today was probably even hotter, but I think from the weather report that I saw, this is supposed to be the end for a while. And we're at the point now when hopefully this is our last big, really hot spell. So You, you say hopefully, like, you want it to stay in the 60s as opposed no, to the No, I'm 90s. just saying 70s. 70s would be nice. Low 80s, I'll take that. But when it's in the 90s, that's just warm. Yeah, but... Especially with the humidity of Kentucky. If it starts getting lower than 60, it becomes very difficult for me to ride my motorcycle. I don't know why. That's not acceptable. You insist that it be that temperature or lower in your house every second of every day. So well, This is true. Okay. I'll take that. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, anyway... I did. I, I mentioned a minute ago that I'd listened to several podcasts um, on the way up here. And when I listen to a podcast, I listen to things like we do, news related. Um, I listen to podcasts that are, I like Dan Bongino. Have you ever listened to him? him? Dom, he's, he's a. <laughs> yes, it was, Double. She says that it was hotter than Satan's ball sack. It was. I like it. Very him. hot. Um, uh, listen to Don Bongino. I like him a lot. Jesse Waters is a little fringe for me, but he, I like it. I like he's very a little fringe. Yeah, he's a little fringe. Um, and I also like, but what I really sink my teeth into when it comes to podcast are rabbit hole podcast conspiracy surprise, theories. Surprise, 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 surprise. Um, so pretty much, uh, from Hattiesburg, Mississippi to home. I listened to this one podcast that was uh, all about conspiracies. And it was like old school conspiracies and new conspiracies. How did you get Robin to agree to this for that many hours of conspiracy? She's not really a conspiracy conspiracy theorist person, is she? Uh, No, but headphones. Okay. (laughs) Put those in. I'm going to listen to this. I'm driving. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. And actually, uh, not that's not really a, a big issue because when you know when we switched out, I'd listen to her stuff, so it all worked out. Uh, <laughs> so what'd you learn? 
I learned, well, the one that I was listening to the most is the one that was brand new, that was like us. And what I learned is that we've struggled with the technology a little bit, and they struggled with the technology. It was a man and his ex-girlfriend from 10 years ago, yeah, uh, who had just remained good friends and uh, had similar interests when it comes to this kind of stuff. And uh, very not that much dissimilar in where we, where they were at the time, you know, as far as number of podcasts than we are now, not that dissimilar. I mean, the, the content obviously is different, but um, the issues, the the cadence, I mean, just little things like how we speak to each other and, and the things that we talk about um, and how we talk about them. Now, what are they doing theirs on? Were they conspiracy theories? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Their first one was the pyramids. And I actually very much agree. Jerry and I, actually, we may have to do a podcast one day down the rabbit hole about the pyramids because uh, one of them. consider that really a conspiracy theory. Well, most of the, there's so much of that that to this day is unknown. We don't know how they did that. All right. And part of the conspiracy, if you will, air quotes, is that. Aliens. Uh, well, aliens has one thing. Uh, that's one one aspect. But the one that I hadn't heard that made like a light bulb come above my head on the way home was that the pyramids and the Great Sphinx were actually many, many, many hundreds of, if not thousands of years older, even than the Egyptian uh, civilization. Like the Egyptians came up around the pyramids. They didn't build the pyramids. Um and they had some, uh, some uh, interesting ways of testing because the only way that they can't carbon test the stone, it's stone. There's no carbon. But they were car- the, the only reason that they're attributed to the Egyptians is because of the materials around meet the, uh, the building materials around the, the pyramids. Gosh, I'll get it out in a second were dated to the the area and the time frame of the Egyptians. Yeah, the area, the location, is the biggest reason that it's attributed to the Egyptians. Right. Is it's in the middle of Egypt. Double doesn't agree with me. <laughs> I, would, I would tend to think that's pretty far-fetched as well. I, I mean, if you try to say that the pyramids in the middle of Egypt weren't built by Egyptians, you, you're going to have an extremely tough time trying to prove that. Right. I'm not, I'm not, no, listen, now see. See what? I didn't say I agreed with I know, all of that. that. But what they were attributing it to was the fact that there are pyramids in similar locations, similar structures, no. similar, There's no the similar structures. Not, not to the Great Pyramid. Not to anywhere in the vicinity of that right. magnitude. Not, that's why it's one of the seven wonders of the world. We, if this was in three or four countries, you would be like, oh, well, that, that's they knew how to do it then. This has never been done before with the lack of technology, the lack of machinery that we know they didn't have in that day and time. It's right. never been done anywhere else ever. The one thing I'll add there, just, just while we're on it, is that today's time with everything moving our forward, technology, it would still be tough. We, we couldn't do it physically. We couldn't yeah. lift the base stones. We have no way of lifting the base stones of the Great Pyramid, period. There's not a crane or a power or a or anything that we have that could move those pyramids, period. 
which makes you wonder how in the world did they achieve this? <laughs> and, and furthermore, it makes you wonder if how much knowledge has been lost from then to, to now. If right. they knew how to do that, what else do they know how to do that has since been lost? Right. Well, I mean, even some of the hieroglyphs in there, and, and people can look at and see what they want. But some of those hieroglyphs are dead on a freaking helicopter. I don't care what you say. They're dead no, on. A not tank. dead on. No. Show what? me one. I'd be happy to. Uh, after, we, after we do the show, show me one that's yeah. dead on a helicopter. Yeah, right. There's some that, yeah, if you had the right amount of acid in your system, you could probably conceive how it could be a <laughs> helicopter. But dead on, I think that's a bit of a stretch. No. There's some that I've heard many people say, and this is where the alien thing comes from that looks to be a floating ship in the sky. And yes, if you tilt your head a certain way and the sun is at a certain angle, uh, it's possible that you could see something. That's a helicopter. That is a spaceship. And that, my friend, is a tank. I don't care how you slice it, see Dude. it, and I'm not on acid. Dude, send me a link to that. I'll, yeah, I want to take a look at that. But yeah, uh, in fact, yeah. that's not just a helicopter; that's an Apache helicopter. <laughs> I'm just saying, not even close. <laughs> You're wrong. So, all right, tell them what we're going to talk about this week, other I, than <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> theories that if you have to do huge amounts of. LSD to <laughs> be able to see the right. We do not have to do a huge amounts of LSD to see anything. You're you're the one that knows all about that. By the way, real quick, what I was going to tell you a minute ago. Sure. Uh, directly across from my hotel okay. in New Orleans, I look out the window, and what do I see? Uh, Apache helicopter. It's, no. Oh, I'm We're sorry. past the Apache helicopter. Jeez, Keep you, up, you Jerry. Tell me that. Whew. <laughs> this big, beautiful heart. Neon. I'm like Neon Heart. Well, that's interesting. And I'm like that to be in Vegas, not right. Right. And I get to looking, I put my glasses on, my spectacles, because I can't read the small writing down above the door. And it is the areas, as far as I know, I didn't see another one anywhere around me. Wonderful massage parlor. And I was thinking, did Jerry book my hotel? Because I don't think he did. But it was definitely. It would have been easy to tell if I booked it. You should have went and simply asked, or tells required? I did. And they said no and tell Jerry to stay away. We don't like what he did last time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they always liked it. I just said this the way it should be done. Oh, man. All right. Whew. All right. Our topic. Our topics today are addiction. Um, addiction. Uh, Addictions, plural. Yeah, addictions, plural, definitely. Uh, More than one. Um, and the addiction I'm going to cover today is probably, in, in my opinion, the biggest addiction we have in America that's not green. And by green, I mean money. Um, anyone who says that America isn't addicted to money, I have a whole list of things and arguments that would prove you wrong. So taking money out of the equation, because we, that would be an entire show for both of us, three or four parts. Um, I want to talk today about our next biggest addiction in America. Would you have any idea what that would be? Want to guess? Um, now, you know the answer, so guess wrong. 
because otherwise it makes for boring radio. Knowing you, it's probably something really stupid like foot picks. Uh, no, there's that, that is definitely something that I will leave to your expertise and I'll take your opinion. Also, no. by the way, if you have feet picks, please send them to our email, Stephen J, uh, newsworthy with Stephen Jerry at gmail.com. Attention, Jerry. I'll just um, add it's quite okay if you do. Thanks to Steve mentioning this very same issue several weeks ago, I am unfortunately no longer able to check our email and will never again be able to check it. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, Jerry, it's not feet picks. Um, sugar. Sure. Good old cane sugar. Um, not only cane, but all forms, right? All mm. forms of sugar. We have, uh, unfortunately, over the, over the years, have developed with... And I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Americans, in general, have become obsessed with sugar and salt. The little white sure. crystals. Not the hookers and blow like you're used to. But sugars and salt uh, in general. Uh, now, for some, some people that don't know, we are on the East Coast, Jerry. Do you know what that means? Um, we're... Quite some distance from the West Coast. I'm That's exactly what that means. Good job. Um, what that means is if you're east of the Mississippi in America, you get your sugar from South America for the most part. Cane sugar, it's processed there. It's brought up here. That's what we have. West of the Mississippi, they usually use a product called uh, a sugar product that's made from sugar beets. Um, sugar beets beets they look like huge massive sweet potatoes that are the size of nfl footballs they're huge okay and what they do is they take them and they press them and they and then that sweet that that sugar that drainage is what they dry out and refine and make into sugar for the west side of the united states um why is that, that is don't know i guess it's cheaper yeah. that we're able to use our own product out west because we grow these sugar beets um what I do know about sugar beets is the after effects of the sugar making process is disgusting. Literally, when I lived in, oh, goodness. Um, when I lived out in Colorado, uh, sorry, my allergies just decided welcome back to Kentucky because they just kicked in like right then. Uh, in Fort Morgan, the town that I lived in, it was a great town. You would have loved it. On one side of town, we had Excel Meatpacking, which um, Excel Meatpacking uh, uh, is where all of Walmart's beef comes from. Okay, that they do all the packing all for Walmart, every bit of it. Um, so you can imagine how many hundreds and miles alone. That's, that's not central to the U.S. at all. Well, it, it wasn't too far away. I, I lived in the very eastern side of. Colorado. So it was right on the plains. I'm sorry. I thought this was Idaho. No, no. Colorado. Gotcha. Um, Baltimore Central. Huge. Huge. For as far as your eyes could see were these pins of these cows, right? Okay. So they had that on one side where the, the stockyards were and the, the, the actual cows. Right. On the other side, you actually had the meat packing plants. And then on the other side of town, we had the sugar beet holes. And basically, they would take these sugar beets and they would just do all the processing and then just stack them up and let them rot. 
<laughs> and they would rot until somebody came and hauled them off because they would feed them to guess what? Some of the livestock. Some of the livestock. Those people would come over, pick up the sugar beets and take them and mix it up into the food. And that's what they would feed them. So that town smelled really good in the summertime. <laughs> I'm surprised that was allowed. You would have thought that that would have been a public nuisance that wouldn't have been allowed, especially. I mean, if you're talking about the, the magnitude that I'm thinking of, that would have been a horrible smell. Oh, it was a horrible smell. Can't imagine that would be allowed in most towns. So where do you think China came from? Or China. I think I gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> actually, it's not true. Refined sugar actually started in, any ideas? No idea. India, believe it or not, 2,500 years ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Then it spread to China, west toward Persia, the Islamic worlds, and then finally reaching the Mediterranean, which is where it came to To us digress from. for one second. Sure, sure. The um, sugar from beets, sugar from cane sugar. All natural. Either one better, worse. Nope. Can, if you put, if, in fact, if you put them side by side, you would probably be able to tell the difference. Well, I didn't figure you could tell the difference. I did think maybe that there would be, uh, due to the different chemical composition, there might be some differences in the way the body's able to break it down and use it or whatever. No difference at all. Not usually. Uh, not that any that I'm aware of, yes. Um, and let me just say, before we go any further, I think most sugar is bad. Even real sugar, if you have to have sugar, get some real sugar. But in a human body, most sugar is bad. We're not designed to use it well. We don't do the things back in the 50s and the 40s when we worked all day and farmers would have some sugar in their tea. They were burning that off just as fast as they were putting it in. Our bodies today are... You're talking about processed sugar, not natural sugar. I'm talking about any sugar. Really? Um, You're talking yeah. about beef? You're talking about milk? Milk is horrible with sugar. Loaded no, no, no. With sugar. I'm saying you're saying that we shouldn't eat meat. We shouldn't drink milk. Why would I say that? You're just saying it's not good for us. I'm saying that if that's the only place you're getting sugar, that's great. Added sugar is where I'm coming from. There you go. Natural and added, even if they it's it's a product that doesn't necessarily have sugar, even if they add real sugar to it, it's still not that good for you. It's more than you should have. But especially when you get into the added sugars, which is almost always that I'm aware of processed sugar. Oh, sure. They're not adding natural sugar. They're adding processed sugar. I agree with double infinity. If you just have milk and you drink a small cup of milk, you can literally taste the sugar in the milk. You can. Uh, you especially know. if you're not living on a very high sugar diet. Right. You're absolutely right. Right. And uh, it, it's... it's I, it, for years, I never drank milk. I only drank chocolate milk, which added what? <laughs> More sugar to it. So, um, Really? I never heard you say that. What? You went for years without drinking milk unless it was chocolate milk. Yeah. Why? I didn't like it. Why am I surprised? <laughs> wasn't on the list of 10 approved foods. Yeah. I'm also agreeing with double on this. I prefer almond milk. Or I prefer um, some sort of soy milk. Anything but regular milk, have not it. a fan. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. More milk for me. Almond. Huh? You can't say more milk for you. More almond milk. Yeah. Have you milk, seen? Milk, if you just use the one word by Listen. itself. Yes. Have you seen how small the udders are on an almond? 
I don't know how they get that. Part of my problem with the whole product. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) It's a whole lot of milking. I'd love to see the facility. (laughs) So anyway, as someone who just came back from a couple of different, you know, a few different countries, the one thing that blew me away was the size difference between Americans and some of the countries I was in. Full-grown men were half my size, most of the places I was at. And I'm not by any stretch of them. I'm a kind of big dude. I weigh 260. But comparatively speaking, I was a big dude. And I would just see we had some pretty fairly rotund folks um, on our cruise. And when on this one particular place in Belize, um, one of those guys were in front of me, and it was just like everybody who was working, all the locals, just stopped and looked because they just couldn't believe how big this gentleman was. And it has on to be because diets. of what we eat. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But it's all of it. I mean, the, the amount of processed foods that we eat as Americans is just unbelievable. The lack of fruits and vegetables is unbelievable. Some of the crazy diets that we get on. My brother was recently telling me about some pretty close relatives of his wife that's on a keto diet. One of the guys was telling him that he buys four things at the grocery store. There was bacon, there's beef, red meat. Uh, Don't remember the other two. I do remember this. He buys no fruits, he buys no vegetables. He eats no fruits, no vegetables. Wow, isn't that stupid? You want to know the really crazy part? His wife is a nurse practitioner and has been for her entire life. We're not talking about uneducated people that don't know better. His well, wife what is, is a what are they doing to supplement the nutrients that they're not getting from their very limited diet? More bacon, more beef. That doesn't provide all the nutrients you need. More bacon, more beef. <laughs> That's so stupid. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just don't understand how any of those diets are sustainable. I, one of our one of our counterparts who used to be a, a radio personality out of Louisville, okay. uh, uh, his name's escape Leland Conway, who lives in Colorado now and has shows out in Colorado. He's on the all what is it called? Where we you it's the diet that we our ancestors would have eaten when they were caveman the paleo is it the paleo diet where all he eats is he'll eat a steak with no sides that's his meal those aren't healthy none of them i I can't imagine that being healthy no offense leland if you ever pick up our show i tag him in our show a lot and we do have listeners in colorado so maybe he's checking us out but um can't be healthy I, i don't see how it could possibly and the thing that concerns me about that is this back then the average life expectancy of a human was really like low. 30. <laughs> First of so, all, back then, they weren't eating just steak. Right. First of all, back then, very, very few people in the world, and especially America, ate beef at all. Right. They didn't eat beef because they had no way to preserve it. They eat primarily for meat. It was pork, chicken, or something that they might shoot in Some the local woods. game that they got. But pork was their sustainable meat because they could use salt to preserve it. At that point, you know, if you're going back to the 
close to the time that our country was founded, there was no refrigeration. We had no way to preserve beef. They weren't eating steak. So, yeah, not healthy diets at all. So let's fast forward and understand why. I'm going to give you 10 quick reasons why sugar is bad. Okay. And then I'm going to give you a, a few more reasons to why most, and I say most, in air quotes, of the medical profession now feels that sugar could and should be classified as a drug. So ten, the 10 biggest reasons we should avoid sugar. Sugar causes glucose levels to spike and plummet. I'm very aware of this. I'm hypoglycemic, so I have to watch what I eat because if not, my sugar will crash it gets ugly, I get shaky, I get sweaty, it's gross. Um, sugar definitely increases the risk of obes obesity, diet, diabetes, excuse me, and heart disease. <laughs> also should increase the use of diets, I think. <laughs> yep. You have a quick smirk about you. What are you doing? Something I read, not oh. anything you said. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, your immune function and how well your body intercepts and gets rid of bad things right. um, is decreased with your higher sugar increase, which is why a lot of normal things affects diabetics a lot in, in a very different way. Um, a high sugar diet can actually lead to chromium deficiency. Chromium is attributed to good heart health and joint health. So there you go. Um, it, Absolutely, 100% along, and this one to me is where it comes in. The next three are right there with smoking, okay? okay? Sugar will accelerate how fast you age. Your skin, how you look, the more sugar you have, the, the older you look. It causes tooth decay. goes without saying, we've learned that since sure. we were little. The more sugar you eat, the more fast you're going to be putting in those dentures. And more importantly than that, it causes tooth decay and gum disease, not because it direct it alone directly affects the, the enamel or the gums. What it does is it feeds the, the bacteria that cause plaque, and that plaque is what destroys your teeth. Um, also leads to heart disease. Um, this is the one that Double will find, will probably agree with, is sugar affects cognition in children, their ability to focus. They can't. They can't focus, and what they do focus on, they can't um, conceive the concepts as quickly. Um, it also increases your stress, just like cigarettes. I never believed that while I smoked. That I always thought seen the opposite, right? Yeah, I I'm always assumed that I oh, I'm stressed. Down. I'm gonna go have a smoke. I'll calm down. It's it actually increases your stress level. And sure, that's the not the way. It's one of the reasons that the tobacco industry originally began to uh, face a lot of problems politically and began to see laws take place that limited their advertising. At one point, Camel Cigarettes with, what was the guy's name? Joe Cool. Joe Cool advertised, have you had a stressful day? Smoke a Camel. They were advertising <laughs> that this would help you reduce your yeah. stress level. And it actually increased when your hypertension. It was known at that time widely that it would increase your blood pressure, it would increase hypertension, it would increase stress. So, yeah, w w that was one of the early reasons that, and also one of the reasons they lost a lot of lawsuits because it was proven, easily proven, that they were falsely advertising their product. And the number 10 reason, and this is the one that kind of blew me away a little bit. I didn't realize it did this. Sugar will take the place of important nutrients that you've already eaten. 
meaning the sugar in your system will find your, your blood will kick out the nutrients that it likes because your system likes the sugar better. So even if you are trying to eat a healthy diet, you are taking your vitamins, saying your prayers and doing the Hulkster thing. If you're offsetting that with sugar, your body's going to choose the sugar over the the nutrients. Because, and that's one of the primary reasons it's considered that these people consider it a drug. Yep. Um, anytime your body or a rat will take the good stuff over or the bad stuff over the good for the pleasure, that's going to. Let me add, while you were talking about that, I begin to wonder. You were saying, is this a drug? So I looked up the definition of a drug. And here is what the definition of a drug is as a noun. A medicine or other substance which has a psychological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. That's exactly what you just said. Yeah. When your body is saying, hey, I like this better than this. Give me more of this. It certainly has that psychological effect. And it also affects the limbic system, which is the same system that nicotine is, is, is known to affect, which means every time you eat sugar, it creates more receptors for sugar. More of the which pleasure is, receptors. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And it's one of, it's what makes smoking ci- or the, the cessation of cigarettes so difficult in most people. Yep. Because every single cigarette gets you more and more addicted. Yep. Compound that times how many years did we say we smoked between us? A long time. A long time. That's a lot of receptors in our brain that have been designed, focused for one one thing. Yep. Sugar does the exact same thing. So it may not happen in our lifetime, but at some point in the future, there's going to be those lawsuits and said, if you ever had sugar, you can file your lawsuit now against Domino or whatever. And the thing that's going to kill us is, and I don't mean to steal your thunder. No, you're good. I don't know how much longer you're going to talk, but one thing we talked about. Hours. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I've missed it. Sadly, that would only begin to cover the dangers yes. of, uh, of sugar. Uh, but... Going back to the lawsuits that eventually will come, and actually already have to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the, the the subway? Who was their guy that they used? The big fat guy, Jared. Uh, Jared. Yeah, th- those caused some lawsuits, and I heard that some of them won. But part of the problem. Speaking is, of subway, I, I don't mean to cut you off. You're fine. Speaking of subway, they just recently had to change their bread formula because really? it had more sugar. Are darn? Than it was supposed to. That's kind of going in the direction that I was starting to with this. Part of the reason that these companies are going to be in trouble with their lawsuits is when you begin to look at some of the worldwide international food companies who sells food in many countries throughout the world, Kellogg's, right? Kellogg's biggest manufacturer of cereal. They have different formulas for different countries. And their formula for the United States is about as bad in most instances and overall is probably far worse in America than it is in any other country. They're going to have a really hard time trying to answer as to why that is. Why did you sell Americans crap that was far more sugary? And it's the same crap. It's, it's Kellogg's frosted flakes. It's Apple Jacks, it's cornflakes. And you sell it in this, in the United Kingdom and it's much healthier than it is here. How can they answer why they did that? And at this point, Jerry, we're only talking about natural sugar. We haven't even got into the fake stuff yet. Which is where the really bad, scary stuff is. Or even to the, as an example of just what you said, Mountain Dew sold in America versus a Mountain Dew sold in Britain. Right. 
In Britain, it has, and I'm not going to read all the ingredients, but it has one type of sugar, natural sugar. That's it. In America, it has three different kinds of sugar. Sugar, high fruit. I can't Fructose. Remember. Thank you. Corn, corn syrup. syrup. And corn syrup. Three different sugars, same product. Probably couldn't tell them apart in a taste test between here and, and, and yep. Britain. Because our government allows that, basically. And it so must are you be suggesting cheaper. that we, our no. government, should be more like Britain's? No, I'm saying that the way we approve or disprove certain foods should maybe we, we be don't more do like that. Britain. We don't disprove any foods. Exactly. So, are you saying that our government should start a process where, if you wish to sell any food product in America, it has to be pre-approved? No, I, I just feel like the the <laughs> see. Uh, that's not fun. That's that's bad. Jerry's over here reeling me in. He he's sucking me in because he knows it. He knows I'm about to get get heated. <laughs> Here's another example. Yes, Heinz tomato ketchup. Sure. In Britain, it has tomatoes, spirit vinegar, sugar, salt, spices, herbs. That's it. Right. In America, the same ketchup has tomato concentrate, distilled vinegar, high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, regular corn syrup. Sugar, salt, spice, onion powder. You know, I bet if we went and ask a group of, <clears throat> excuse me, if we were to go ask a group of six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids, here is what this product is made out of in what, United Kingdom? Yeah, that's who we're Here's using. what the same product is made out of in the United States. Which do you think is healthier? I would guess that 90% of them would say, What's made in the United Kingdom? Because they, it has a smaller list. And it's a list of products that they can pronounce. Right. It's a list of products that they're familiar with. It's right. not a bunch of chemical crap that they've never heard of. A minute ago, I jokingly acted like I was ruling you in. Kind of, but kind of not. Here's my point. If the government has a purpose, how in the world is it not to try to help the health help extend the lives of its citizens. I think our government should do more along what they're doing in other countries, which is to begin to regulate and say, you don't need to put all this chemical products in our food. You're not doing it over here in this country or right. this country or this country. Why are you doing this to our people? I got two things sure. real quick. You and I have a mutual friend, Jamie. Um, she yeah. absolutely, and, and I can't disagree with her, at all on this particular issue. Um, one of my favorite things to eat is instant roast garlic potatoes. Okay. Oh, yeah, love them. Add a couple cups of water, stir it up. It's good to go, right? Can't pronounce half the crap on the back of the, the warning, the uh, ingredient level. Right. Jamie won't cook that. If she can't pronounce something on the label, she doesn't buy it. There you go. Uh, and I can't disagree with that after doing the research for this and, and, and that. That's probably the way to go. Yes. <laughs> if you can't read it, you can't pronounce it, it probably isn't for you or meant to be in your body. Which unfortunately means that if you're not going to make homemade products, if you're not going to make homemade mashed potatoes where you go to the store and buy a bag of potatoes and cream and add some milk and some sour cream or whatever, uh, not only is it mashed potatoes, it's most things. You probably are not going to be able to buy the shortcut version in the store. Absolutely. Again, not. it's what they've been telling us for years. Stay away from the processed foods. Yep. Go Absolutely. with natural. And 
it goes back to the thing we were talking about the government a minute ago. This is the one thing that you and I 100% agree with. And, and I, if you want to start the process of Americans eating healthier, you start with the poorest of the poor, the things that you can control. And now you ask a politician, they say constitutionally they can't. I think that's a BS answer. If you are using utilizing EBT, there is zero reason you should be able to buy processed foods on an EBT card. In fact, I think you should get bonus money for buying healthy food. I mean, healthier food is expensive. I don't know why that is. But if you go and try to buy a bag of potatoes and some cream to make your mashed potatoes, you're spending four times the money for buying a cheap pack of instant mashed potatoes that I like. And that's just not right. I don't, I don't know why you like those. I, I well, just have never. Here's why. Here's an admission. It's quick. It's easy. If, if now we're not doing a podcast, we're just going to put our, pack, our, our hands over our podcast ears. I actually can't make very good mashed potatoes. Yes, you can. <laughs> I don't buy. It. I don't buy. It. Hey, here's my point. You're probably right today. My my point also is if you want to change that, you could easily change it. All you need to do is cook it for a few times. All right. So I got one more thing to say, Jerry, and then I'm going to stop. I'm just dead stopping because I've taken up way too much time. So I want to know if you have any of these things. Sure. Okay. Increased cravings in regards to sugar. Sure. Uh, Impulsive buying or eating. Sure. Repeated attempts to control your usage. If you're trying to prove whether or not I'm addicted to sugar, I'll just go ahead and grant (laughs) you that's an absolute 100%. Well, I can see your pantry, so. Yes. (laughs) And you know me. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to the point that a lot of people don't realize just how drug-like this is. And once I get through this list, I don't think it's drug-like. I think it's we've proven it is a yeah. drug. Uh, continued use despite the adverse health effects. Everybody still does. Regular daily use, difficulty avoiding. That's my problem. That's my biggest one on the list. Tonight, before the program, I had a bag, an entire freaking bag of, of gummy worms. <laughs> you love those things. I do love those things. Anxiety, depression, or withdrawal symptoms when you don't have it. How many times have you went to the fridge and be like, man, I just want some ice cream? Uh, I'm a diabetic. I know. Back to what Double Infinity said earlier. I remember a couple of years ago when I was really, really trying to control my sugar and was doing a good job of it. I remember one night I was so desperate for something that tasted sweet. I got a glass of milk and it satisfied my sugar. Why didn't you just call me? The sweetness in my voice? No, I had a picture of you and I took a look at it. Never mind. I, I won't gross everyone. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to know about your love affair. That's weird. Yeah. All right. So, real quick, and that's where I'm going to wrap this up. We're way over time for me. Thumbs up, thumbs down. We need to hear more about our addiction to sugar. And will it matter? More, probably more, but you and I disagree a little bit. We've been hearing this for a long time. I'm in my latter 50s. When I was a kid in school, they were teaching the food pyramid and guess where sugar was at the very top, that little bitty teeny tiny point. Yeah. They were saying sugar should be up here. Your sweetness, your dessert should be up here. So for 50 plus years that I know of, they've been teaching, this is not good. Do we listen? No. Well, so, I think, I think but it still doesn't that, change the fact we should have more. Well, I, and I think that the fact that the base of that pyramid is also sugar is a little deceiving. 
That's where all your carbs are, your breads and your grains. No, no, that, was no, that the wasn't bottom. at the bottom. Fruits and veggies were at the bottom. Carbs were above that. Oh, we'll see. It changed in the 10 years. No, no, no it didn't change. It never changed. I'm pretty sure it's fruits and veggies, then carbs. But Fruits eat. and veggies were closer to the top. What would you care to bet? Another case of ice cream? That you already owe me? You already owe me a factory of ice cream. No, whatever. All right, so thumbs up. We need to hear more. Thumbs up. It can't hurt to have some more education. I don't All know right. if it'll help, but so, we need more. I have left you with like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Unless we just go way over. And I you apologize. only took like 22 or 23. Oh. We BS for so long that you didn't have that long. Yeah. We BS for a long time is my point. Well, we would BS. I will not disagree with one single thing you said. I will offer a counter argument. Although it's kind of hard to disagree with one thing that you said. One of your first original comments was, this is the biggest addiction in America. When you said it, I started asking myself, how do you define biggest addiction? And if it's not by total number of people, I don't know how you define right. it. And if you want total number of people, sugar has got to far eclipse the area I'm about to talk about. If you want to look at other addictions, we could have easily thrown in alcohol, drug addictions. Mm -hmm. uh, sugar far eclipses the number of people of any of these other addictions, except for possibly money that you alluded to. Yeah. Yeah. I, one quick stat about sure. that. The CDC estimates that 100 and now this is just what the C, the C, Center for Disease Control right. says, estimates that 186,000 people every year, every single year die from sugary sodas. You probably don't know the answer to this. I sincerely doubt it. If you don't mind, would you Google what percentage of America is obese? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue with anything you said, but I am going to say that it possibly, monetarily speaking, money speaking, not as far as health-wise, but the issue that I'm going to discuss is Possibly even bigger. Have you found an answer? 36.5% of Americans are considered... A little over one-third. Obese. What's the population in America? 370 million. million. So 130 million, roughly, Americans are obese. 130 million. 37% of American women, 35% of American men. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I'll come back to those numbers. Again, we're talking about roughly, we said 37%. So we said that's roughly around 130 to 140 million. Yeah, now, there's the, now, here's the thing, Jerry, and I'm just going to be blunt. Sure. That number for me at 5'11 says I should be at 165. Something. At 165, I'm a big as round as a but stem. Here's on this what it's wide. not saying it's not saying that it, let, let's say it's 165. It's not saying at 166 you're obese. Right. It's saying you need to lose a pound. Yeah. And I don't know what their definition of obese is. I, it's a certain percentage above. Yeah. But yeah, obese is obese. It's, it means you weigh too friggin' much. And are you and I both in that category? Probably. Yep. We, we both weigh way more than we should. 12%, 12.7% of American children. No, wait. 17% of American children ages 2 to 19 are also obese. That's very scary. Yeah. So anyway, I just remember talking to my daughter the other day. She's got a one and a half year old son. Uh, when he was first born, like a ton of kids, he was chubby. Uh, and I remember telling her at the time, don't worry. A ton of kids are when they're newborns under six months. 
and I told her back then, as soon as he gets to where he can walk, he's going to he'll drop off. He'll yeah. drop off. And, and it's exactly that way. He's a year and a half. He's going a mile a minute and he's not chubby at all. Double says Should, to leave the pork chub alone, Jerry. Leave the pork chub alone. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. I can't argue with a single thing you've said. Something that to me is about as scary uh, as our sugar addiction is our addiction to government benefits. I don't care what you want to call it. Government handouts, benefits, welfare, whatever you want to call it. We have rapidly become addicted to it in this country. And kind of like sugar, I don't think it's getting any better. I think it's getting worse constantly. Oh, absolutely. All the time. Well, who was it that said, um, it was a Greek, an ancient Greek, whenever the citizenry figures it can vote its own paycheck, the government is doomed. And that's what we see more and more. That's butchering. And and I'll get into that later, but I think that it's, it's a good point. Our politicians are hugely at fault for this because oh, yeah. they're constantly dangling the carrot in front of us. Both if Republican and Democrat. Both, absolutely. Yeah. A little bit different forms. I think Democrats are more to blame because they're the ones that are absolutely dangling the benefits. Republicans are dangling tax cuts. Vote for me and I'll cut your tax. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't. When was the last time you looked at a paycheck and said, holy crap, this is a lot bigger than it was last week because they cut my taxes? Does that ever happen? Seriously. I mean, we yet we're constantly being bombarded with Democrats are going to tell us, you know, if you vote for me, I'm going to give you this benefit and this benefit and this benefit. Absolutely. And Republicans are, I'm going to cut this tax and this tax and this tax. The last substantial tax cut that I feel like I felt in my adult life was during George W. Bush. And those taxes were allowed to sunset. Well, the few things only, that's ever allowed how to How much sunset. difference did it make in your check? It really did. Percentage-wise, what, what, what would you guess? Percentage-wise, how much more will you bring in home the week that it kicked in? What, 20 bucks? 30 bucks? Think so? I don't Probably think I've ever saw a $30 increase in my life due to cut taxes. Well, ever. that's because I am uh, I make lots of money. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> what, what time period are we talking about? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we worked together during the George Bush time period. We did. I think I know pretty much what you were making during that time nothing. period. <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. Please continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. It's a huge part of our national budget. In federal year 2021, United States government spending on welfare, if you combine all of it, federal, state, and local. I do have a question. Sure. In your research, is this including Social Security? Because I don't. I don't. SSI, Social Security Insurance, yes. Social Security payments that are paid. Obviously, the biggest part of Social Security is, okay, when I'm working, they're taking X amount of money out. When I retire, they pay part or in some cases even more, they they begin to give me a pension, if you will. Right. Social Security insurance is different because it's saying that we're going to give the blind, the old, sure, the sick. Sure. Social Security Everybody's going to have that particular name. SSI is welfare. Yeah. Social Security itself is not because okay. that's a I just want to make. I just wanted for for myself. It's not included in these numbers. I'm going to get Social Security insurance is because it is a welfare program. Social Security is not. Would you care to guess in the year of 2021? And again, these numbers are not finalized. They're guesstimate. Excuse me, guesstimated, but they're going to be pretty close. 
How much money do you think we spent in America, federal, state, and local, in welfare benefits last year? In the entire government, our, our federal government. Federal, state, and local welfare oh, benefits. Five trillion dollars. Well, thankfully, it's nowhere near that. Less than half that. <laughs> two thousand three hundred ninety-seven billion, or two point three nine seven trillion dollars. Now, in two thousand, welfare was four point one percent of GDP. Anytime you're going to compare numbers, you have to have something to put it into context. When you're talking about nationally, there's no, no better way to compare it than GDP, right? Right. Like gross domestic right. product. And Total of everything coming in. Right. Right. In 2000, welfare was 4.1% of GDP. In 2021, it was 10.4%. Wow. More than doubled. Yeah. More That's than insane. doubled. Now, if it doubled, it would be 83 it's 10.4. How much of that is directly to, related to the COVID? Some, but not a lot. Okay. A far bigger percent of it is related to Obamacare, affordable ACA. Gotcha. That cost a ton of money. Now, sure it did. We're going to go through the list of the, the, the biggest parts of welfare and how much each of those cost in a minute. It's hard when you begin to look at that list for most of them, not all of them, but for most of them to say, you know what, we don't need that. Most of them you look at and you think, well, you know, I don't know if the number's too high or not, but we probably need that. Some of them is just too high. But Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, to me was something that was needed. It finally made it uh, affordable for people who are retired, for people who work like yourself. I don't know if you do it, but you are in real estate. So the company you work for doesn't give you insurance. Now, at least you have a way to go get insurance. Right. There's tons of small business employers. I don't know your wife. She works for a vet. I don't know if he offers insurance. There's a ton of small business people who don't. So for these people, because it would, yes, you know, they, they can't afford it. So for many of these people, it was a question of, do I have insurance or do I not? I think it was time that America at least did that. Even so, it's incredibly expensive. Yeah. Well, just speaking strictly of insurance, we were probably the only first world, and I'm using air quotes, country in the in the world that didn't offer it. Yes, we so, were far and away. Yeah. Uh, so you can say it's a ton of money, it's too expensive, it's not needed. You can say whatever. Um, now, we've talked about the fact that its percentage of GDP more than doubled. Let's go into a little bit of history. Any idea when welfare started in America? Do you know? Uh, probably the New Deal. You're right. Exactly. FDR in 1935 with the New Deal Act began welfare as we know it. It didn't exist in, in America before that. Before that, if you were um, if you were hungry, you were probably in trouble. Now, the Great Depression caused a lot of communities, cities, and in some cases, states, but very few states. It was usually localities that began trying to offer churches, soup lines, yeah. some way to feed the people. Because at that point, there was obviously a ton of good, hardworking people who couldn't find a job that were starving, yeah. them and their families. But this all started in 1935. In 1935, as you said, FDR passed the New Deal Act, Social Security, unemployment, benefits for poor single mothers. It all started with the, with the New Deal. In 1936, the year after it started, 
1936, we had 162,000 families that received support. 33 years later, in 1969, that number had risen to 1.8 million people. Gosh. In 2012, guess, from, again, in 1969, 1.8 million people. To Within the next 43 years, in 2012, want to guess how many people? 4 million. 52.2 million Holy people. Holy buckets. Or roughly one in five Americans receive some form of government assistance. And this is according to the United States Census, where people check the box. Yeah. I received some, for, some form of government assistance. Wow. So 52.2 million people in 2012 were saying that I received some form of government assistance. And there's some forms, as we'll get into in a second, that very few of any people realize this truly is welfare. Huh. If someone had asked me if I'd ever received welfare, I would have resoundingly said no before I did this discussion and come to find out there's one area that I have. Uh, the, the biggest areas is I think it's 13 different groups that they divided into. And I'm going to forget number one. We're going to come back to that later. SNAP is number two. SNAP is uh, food benefits. Yeah. Food program for low income individuals and families. And in 2021 was 134 billion. 134 billion dollars was spent. SNAP is uh, the old food stamps, correct? Mm-hmm. That, uh, or EBT it. now. Yeah. yeah. Next is housing assistance. Various programs to help pay for low income people for housing assistance. 90 billion dollars. Now, once again, keep in mind something I said earlier. It's pretty hard to look at any of these categories and say, we absolutely don't need that. There's a couple down at the bottom. It's okay. Yeah, it's probably stretching it. But when you're talking about SNAP, when you're talking about food for families who would otherwise be hungry, when you're talking about housing assistance for families who otherwise are going to be homeless, it's, you know, yeah, there's probably some that get it that don't. I'm sure. I'm sure there's people who are, you know, screwing the system over, that are lying, that are claiming stuff that's not true. But for this, it's probably needed to some extent. Yes. Recently, and people listen to the show a lot know that I recently took a, a, a part-time job with a nonprofit. Right. And one of the things that they brought up was the fact that we offer a benefit to the entirety of the, of the, the people, whoever wanted us could use us. Um, and that the ones that use this and could do it for free because of some government benefit, 98%. Now, they've done their own external audits because they have to control their cost. They're a non-for-profit. They, they don't have any extra money to waste, okay? 98%. And this is a number that blew me away because I was always one of those people. Oh, so many people abuse the system, blah, blah, blah. 98.8% of Everyone that uses just the little small thing that I do has a legitimate, verifiable need. It's not abused. So how much do you want to spend to try to stop the 1.2? I don't. Exactly. That, that's the question. I would rather the other 98.8 get more efficient so we could save money. I agree. So just want to bring that up in case we have any point. listeners that say, well, there's so many out. Because we all get the stories, right, Jerry? Sure, we all hear of, of 
Well, I was out at Walmart and I saw this lady with a food stamp card buying lobster tail. Yeah, she did. And? Yep, I agree. That hurts her family long term. She needs to be educated. But how are you going to try to take away her lobster tail? I mean, that's still food for her family. I agree. I mean, yeah. I think do a lot I of like these it? Programs no. could be done better. I absolutely. Me and you agree one hundred percent. You and I have talked about this. Let's go back to SNAP. In fact, it could actually be a, in the SNAP program of ourselves. We could have a whole show about that and sure. how we feel it could be improved. Well, it doesn't take a show. No, do it like Wick. Yeah, absolutely. Instead Wick's of saying, fantastic. Wick's fantastic. Wick is uh, women's infant children. Yep. And it has a pre-approved list of foods, and mm-hmm. it's only those foods. And you won't find lobster, yeah. and you won't find pre-made sandwiches that you and I were talking a while back. You can go to Kroger now, and they've got pre-made sandwiches and pre-made whatever with a little sticker on it that says SNAP or EBT eligible. Are you kidding me? What a joke. You know, just make it like Wick. Make it to where you can buy food. You can buy Rice real potatoes. Beans. Yeah, real potatoes, rice, beans. And you can go home and make your food. And you know, just like I said a minute ago, I'm not opposed for people who receive STAT benefits to get an increase based on their buying habits. Sure. There, we have computers now that read algorithms all the time. Sure. If if a young lady or a young man, single father, single mother, needs SNAP benefits and they're buying the right things for their family, let's give them a bonus for that. I'll take it away idea from that I heard a while back. And it was it wasn't I don't think even in Kentucky it was some city where they've instituted a program that all the farmers markets or certain farmers markets not all of them have agreed to have a central checkout and they take EBT. That's perfect. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It helps the local farmer. It helps the people get good fresh, healthy food, healthy food away from the sugar addiction. Yeah, I don't think that anybody on, on EBT should be able to buy sodas. I'm sorry, I agree, one hundred percent. You know, and and I know that every once in a while you want to treat your family. Um, I get that. Go mow a yard. They can't and, and I buy, hate saying that. It makes me sound like a jackass. No, it but, doesn't. But they it's can't the buy truth. toilet paper, which is another problem. There's too many families that get in trouble. They can't buy, I digress for a second. They can't buy toilet paper. They can't buy, a woman can't buy her feminine products. A, they, they need some cash. So in many cases, these people will go sell $100 worth of SNAP benefits for $50 cash so they can have a little yeah. cash to go buy the stuff that they can't buy. And, and that, that, that has to change. That's, has a, to change. that's a whole that needs to be fixed. We have a system that is designed to keep people on the system. I'll get into that more in a minute. Oh, yeah, please do. I, and don't let me stop you. Keep trucking. I'm sorry. Next, SSI, which is cash paid to low-income, disabled, blind, or senior citizens. $58 billion. And again, that's a form of welfare because that is not dependent upon how much you paid in, you get a certain percentage back. When you retire and you get Social Security, don't get me wrong. I'm not by any means trying to suggest that that is a form of welfare. It's not you. In most cases, way more than paid for your portion that you're going to get back. I'm talking about SSI. That is a form of welfare. TANF. Cash paid to families as a transition from welfare to work, which I actually like. Anytime you're talking about a short-term, limited time period, transition to work, I like. Can I interrupt you for one second, Jerry? And I got to tell this story because people out there may not understand, may say, well, how can you say that you you white privileged silver spoon person? Isn't that always the argument? It is. And let let me explain something. 
I was raised on welfare. I was raised on food stamps and did those things for my mom. Hey, Sally over here has 50 bucks. If you'll buy, I, I helped with those pro those things so that we had the things that we need. So I speak from somebody as somebody who was raised in that system and knows that for the first two weeks, because of a lack of education, a lack of budgetary understanding, you eat like a king for a week, you eat like a prince for two, and you starve like a pauper for the next two, okay? That's how the system really works. So I just want to point out that if people out there say that stuff doesn't happen, it does happen. I also want to point out the fact that um, I, that gives me the understanding to be able to speak on this with some authority and with some sure. education. So just want to let that know. Um, I'm not just some guy out here born with a silver spoon just out here preaching to be preaching. I've lived the life, I know. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Child nutrition, school lunches, breakfast after school, reduced or free lunches. Cost $26 billion. And Jerry, I got to say, as someone who was born that way and lived that way all the way up through to when I started working myself, that breakfast, that lunch, that may have been all I got in the last two weeks. And I would fight you for that. If you came up, you know, kids always mess around and mess with other people's food or whatever. I literally have fought people for that. Because that was all I was getting that day. Good point to stop and say, how much of what I have talked about so far do you think is unneeded or unnecessary? None. I agree. None. But, but maybe does, we can redo it, it like we said for SNAP. Well, it's just like it's just like I said about the bus thing. You know, ninety eight point eight percent are using it who need it, but let's let's focus more the money on making it more effective I and agree. more use I useful. Agree. I absolutely agree. Head start. Preschool programs, $13 billion. I don't know how effective that is. I think it's a good idea. It's basically saying that kids who are from very poor, very low-income families probably haven't had the books bought for them, haven't been read to, probably are at a huge disadvantage educationally entering the traditional school system. So let's try to give them something to help them get caught up. I think that in itself is a good idea. Which how effective is it? It's not even as... A, and I'll just be play devil's advocate for a second. Sure. It's not as much about those kids as it is the kids that did have that, 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 you know, the books bought and the parents that read to them because in kindergarten, when those kids are ready to go and start learning their actual ABCs and starting to do all the stuff, these kids, schools always teach the lowest common denominator. That's the unfortunate part of how schools work. So, these kids who didn't have pre-K and don't have parents that are educated or care or or understand how important that is. Or in is, some cases have the time. Or have the time because they're both working two jobs to put yep. food on the table. Yep. That helps them get caught up to the other kids so everybody can learn at the beginning. Same level. At the same they level. They can go into somewhere close to the same Sure, level. absolutely. Job training. This is way down the list, $5 billion. If anything... Let's pour more friggin' money Absolutely. into that. Come on, guys. If there's one thing that deserves to be on this list, they all deserve. We we agreed. None, nothing we've talked about so far doesn't deserve to be on this list. And job chaining could double the money. If you want to talk about something that will pay for itself, 
yeah. job training. Let's get them back to work. Teach somebody a skill. Yes. It goes back to the biblical prophecy. Give a man a fish, eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, eats for the rest of his life. By the way, great Chinese proverb. Fine Chinese. Great Chinese Bible had it in there. There you go. (laughs) I'm sorry, you are correct. It is biblical. (laughs) Wrong Bible. Uh, Wick. I love that program. It's simply saying single mothers, pregnant women, young fathers. I participated yes. single when parents. I was a single dad. Single parents, yeah. I should have said. Uh, yes, and it's only $5 billion. I say only like that's not a lot of money, but $5 billion. Compared sure. to the government speaking and our sure. GDP, that's not a lot of money. Child care. Uh, child care, which is usually paid to single, not always, but usually single parents who are trying to transition to work and they give them some child care assistance Here's, in the meantime. And I know we're running way over, and I don't really care at this point because this show's important. But here's where I was going to when I was talking about that I was raised in this. Right. I want to use this example. Um, my aunt, um, who you met. Yes, I know her. Um, this is a perfect time for this. Okay. I was raised a, a, in a situation where that's all that was, was expected or wanted was to wait for that check to come in, those stamp benefits to be activated. And back in the day, it was actual food stamps, which are really cool looking, by the way. I wish I could find a few just to look at them because they looked awesome. But, um, and that was okay with with my situation, not for me, but, you know, for my mom. That's that's how she was, she was trained. And, and for people who don't understand the level of addictiveness of these programs, have never seen somebody be trained to use them the way that most people are. And we'll get into it in a minute. It's not only that, it's the system who's designed to keep you on it. Yes, it is not designed to come off of that crap. No. And and here's, this is why I wanted to bring it up right now. It'll punish you actually for trying to get off of it. Here's exactly why I wanted to bring it up right now. My aunt had three beautiful children. Loved her. Loved those kids. They were great. Um, When she had the children, she was married. After the third child, husband left, left her with the kids. She chose not to sit on her butt all the time and, and and just accept all of this money. She wanted to work. She wanted, now she was, you know, poorly skilled, great customer service. So she took a lot of customer service jobs. And what's the problem with customer service jobs, Jerry? Very poor paying. They don't pay very much. No, they don't. Now, she made less money, food stamps, benefits, than my mom did with two kids than she could with three because she was being penalized for work. Now we're getting into the and that this is, is the problem with the system. You damn right it is. And, and I have said this from the time from the time I was sixteen and could begin to understand this problem to now. You should not penalize somebody for trying to better themselves. Absolutely. So I, we I, do. I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but I almost through with did, yeah. Sad. No, I totally agree. Thanks. Almost through with going through the breakdown. Two more I want to go over real quick. Uh, actually, just one. Lifeline. If we want to talk about one that doesn't probably need to be there. Obama passed this, and it's not that it's Obama. It's just that's when it happened. He's the president that got it passed through. The cell phone subsidy. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's Okay, it's only $3 billion. But are you serious? They really need that? They really need it? If there's one out of this whole list that I'm going to pick and say, are you kidding me? Let's get rid of this one. It's a lifeline. 
it's a great name. Great name. Uh, are you kidding me? $3 billion spent for cell phone service for low-income people. I would much rather you spend the same amount on internet for families with kids in school. They yeah. need that yeah. probably for, for research, for school, for educational purposes. Tell them, and maybe they're trying to say that this is being used for educational purposes for internet access. Otherwise, cell I don't know. Phone with very, I mean, those services have well, very you, limited. If it has Wi-Fi, I can take my cell phone right. and hook my computer to it through Wi-Fi. Here's my thought access. on that. If, yes. if anybody wants a cell phone, that's going to become a priority because that's another addiction in our society. True. Very true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to make that happen. So 100%. Yes, I agree with you. 100%. Now. I'm also addicted to cell phones, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, it's hard to argue that most, if not all, other than maybe Lifeline, of those programs aren't needed, especially when you look at poverty levels. From the last 50 years until now, Poverty levels, the United States of America has varied between 10 and 15%. They go up, they go down, they go up. When there's a recession, it goes up. It just went up in 2019, 2020 with COVID. It went up in 2008 when the dot-com crash. But 10 to 15% of Americans have lived in poverty for the last 30, 53 years. That hasn't changed. Most of these programs, it's hard to say that we don't need them in some shape, form. I'm not saying the amounts are okay. I'm just saying that the programs themselves are justified and are needed. But don't, don't you think if we took just a little, shredded just a little bit of money and put it into the education, the training, the work training, the trade school training, that we could get rid of that, that poverty line number could go down some? I don't know. I think that's a very hard argument. Here's what I will say. I think that President Bill Clinton and his wife Hillary, and I'm not a Clinton fan, I'm really not. Oh my gosh. But with their welfare reform that they had in the 90s, did some of the best things that ever happened with welfare. See, when, oh, let me finish. Oh, go ahead. What they did was say, we're going to transition welfare from a lifelong entitlement program that people get on and stay on to a program that we're going to give you instead of a handout, we're going to give you a hand up. And part of their program was a, a uh, maximum time you could be on the program. It was a, it became a limited time program where you had a X amount of time and you had to find a way to transition yourself off. I'm all for that. I'm all for giving people a hand up. I agree with everything you say, except all he did was sign it. That's a Newt Gingrich in the Republican Congress. Did you're, wrong. you're wrong. You're 100% wrong. Sorry, but to bust your bubble, I know you're a, you like to look at the black and white and Republicans do the great stuff. And no, that's not true. Hillary Clinton, we were talking about this a few minutes ago. Melania, what was her big platform she ran on? I have no idea. Child nutrition. Oh, okay. No, that was Michelle Obama. Who did I say? Melania. Sorry. <laughs> Michelle Obama. I was couldn't tell you what Melania nutrition. did. She did bullying. Okay, there you which go. Which was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> because of her. <laughs> Because of her father, her, her husband. husband. Could have uh, been her father. She did Same school bullying, child bullying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but yes, Michelle Obama was uh, child nutrition. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton's was welfare reform. This was not Bill Clinton's baby. This was Hillary's baby. Hillary is the one that 
that worked with this and made sure that it happened. I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan at all. Give credit where credit's due. And again, in that day and time, it was a Republican Congress that took over, but they worked together to make sure that this happened, and they passed some of the best welfare reform. I ever. agree. Whoever hand gets up the credit, is what I agree. we need to do. Yeah. A handout's what we need to get away from. In my hometown, there was a certain, and I was born and raised in Monticello, Kentucky. There was a certain community. I'm not going to mention it, but the people that lived there were known for when they got married, they took their honeymoon trip to the welfare office to sign up for benefits. It was kind of a joke, but it was very true. It was a way of life. Yeah. And it wasn't just in this one community. My no, whole family. it's, it's everywhere every in America. Community. It became a way of life. We have to get away from it being a way of life. And okay, fine. You, you got laid off. You, you got a divorce, whatever the reason is. You hit a hard time and you needed a hand up. We'll help you. We'll give you your hand up. What we're not going to do is give you a handout for the rest of your life, your children's life, your grandchildren's right. life. And, and I agree with 100% everything you say. Every, everything you just said. And that that welfare reform single-handedly has destroyed yes, how it many, is. I mean, the entire black community. Big time. Probably working on the it's Hispanic helped. community. There's many other now. things, but that's helped to do it. Well, sure. It, it encourages people not to be married. It encourages people who are not married and start getting benefits to start having more children to get more benefits while not being married. It contributes to, I mean, we could go through a list. It contributes to the number of people we have in jail because they have no father figure in the home. And there's just so many problems that spawn out of that one singular issue. I had a note that really almost absolutely mirrored something you said earlier. We've created a system that encourages you to stay on the system, not to get off of it. Oh, absolutely. Many people can't afford to take a minimum, a full-time minimum wage job because it isn't nearly as much as their benefits, much less a part-time job, right? Now, we can't expect people to give up sixteen dollars to $20,000 in benefits, kind of like you're talking about with your aunt. Earned income tax credit, SNAP, housing assistance, child nutrition, Head Start, child care, utility payments, all this. Sixteen to twenty thousand in benefits to take a job at minimum wage. It's going to pay them fifteen thousand. Right. We've created a system that encourages people to stay on it. Quote. I'm going to ask you to guess who might have said it. It's now common knowledge that our welfare system itself has become a poverty trap, a creator and reinforcer of dependency. Any idea who might have said that? Well, I know who I'd like for him to say it, but who? because you're asking me, it's probably one of your heroes. No, 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 no. So who would you like to say it? Who would you like to say it? Well, I would have loved, you know, one of my heroes to say it. Uh, probably if I had a choice, it'd be Reagan. He did, Ronald Reagan made this quote. Ronald Reagan has a lot of good quotes. years ago. I'm going to read it again. It's now common knowledge that our welfare system itself has become a poverty trap, a creator and reinforcer of dependency. If Ronald Reagan said that 40 years ago, what do you think he'd say today? He wouldn't. He'd roll over in his grave. Maybe. Literally. No, I don't think he would. I think he would say, I saw it coming. I told yeah, you. Told you so. Tried to warn you. Yeah. One last thing. Instead of encouraging and creating a system who rewards people for being on this system and penalizing them for getting off. I want to give you an example of another way to do it. China. China. 
<laughs> had a one no child po- do what before you even started double said no jet well she's wrong china <laughs> got this one right I, okay. double i don't sorry double i love you but china got this one right in 2016 china ended a policy called the one child policy right you know what that was yes for more than 30 years on the books they had a policy that penalized you for having more children and when you got to a certain age with one or less children, what did they do? They give you financial benefits. They rewarded you for doing the right thing. What happened if you had more than one children? You had fines. They penalized you for doing the wrong thing. But if you could afford Hold on one, sec- children. Well, one second. In, they were doing it overall because they had too many mouths to feed. They had a society that at the time when they started it, the birth rates were just going through the roof. Now in America, what have we done? The exact opposite, right? If you have one or no children, there's no reward. There's no, or if you get married, kudos. if you get married, there's now, what if you have children, the more the merrier out of wedlock, yeah. You get more benefits. Yeah, we, we, we reward bad behavior. Yeah, I'm not saying, but see, I think that if, if you are a married couple with means to support your children, you should be able to have as many children I as you want. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm okay. not saying have a one. What I am saying is this. It's no different than children. If you want good behavior, you reward good behavior. You right. punish bad behavior. In America, we're doing the opposite. We're rewarding good behavior. You and I have and talked have about people 50, 60 years. who have children sometimes simply to get benefits. Oh, yeah. We are rewarding bad behavior. Yeah. China did the opposite. Now, do you realize why they stopped that penalty, that, that policy in 2016? Why is that? The birth rates had plummeted. Their right. policy was so effective. That was in 2016. Do you know what they started doing in 2019? Rewarding people to have more children. You got it. Because they don't have the population to support their economy. Yeah, 100% correct. Their policy, their one-child policy was so effective, it dropped the birth rate so much, they're now having to say, well, wait a minute. We're going to begin to pay you marriage subsidies. And for first and second children, they're actually paying many people to have children. America has the same problem as far as... Birth rates. Birth rates. You're going by Elon Musk. No, I, well, that's just the, the numbers show that our birth rates have Can't dropped. Long term, yes, they have dropped. But in we, fact, many millennial, millennials don't even want kids. For many reasons, mainly financial, sure. mainly because I had a boss, you had a boss, same guy. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but many years ago during a meeting, he made the comment. He said, and he, he and his wife had no children. And he said, we have four TVs and three VCRs because we decided early on in our marriage that we would rather have that than children. That's why many millennials are deciding to not have children. They've decided to prioritize stuff over having children are expensive as crap. Well, the last time that I I did any research and this was several years ago was what, a hundred thousand a year. To raise a child, I don't know. It's or very over a lifetime, or I something. think I heard the other day through, it can be as much 12. as a quarter of a million yeah, over the lifetime of a child. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of money. It's a ton of money. Sorry to taking up so much time. I, I'm not saying that it affects as many people as sugar addiction. Sugar addiction affects a huge portion of oh. America. Again, if you look at the number that we talked about earlier, it was 37 percent, right? If you remember, the number in 2012 was 20 percent. One in five. So a little less than half 
of the number that are affected by sugar addiction, but we're still talking about a huge portion of America, 20%. With just a few, here's the thing, with just a few tweaks of yours, we can start to fix mine. Yes. We can start to fix both. Right. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Maybe we, we do that for another show. Here's what you and I have said for many years. Most of these problems that we talk about aren't easy, but you and I, a couple of stupid Kentucky boys, a couple of little country hicks, we can come up with better solutions in Washington, D.C. with all of their their high-paid politicians, their research staff and all that, which tells me what we've been saying for many years is correct. Those guys are far more focused and far more inspired by what does it take for them to remain in office than what does it what do I need to do to fix the problems in America? Absolutely. I firmly believe that. A hundred percent. A hundred million percent. Thomas Massey's been saying that ever since he got to the Senate. And I always attach our podcast to him as well. I forget the politician, but many years back in the formation of our country, some politicians said that a Politician does what's necessary to get reelected. A statesman does what is necessary for the good of the country. That was a Chinese proverb. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he further went ahead to say, in my belief, again, we're talking in the 1700s. He said, in my belief, in today's time, we have far too many politicians and not nearly enough statesmen. What do you think now? What Woo! do you think now, guys, uh, sorry for being so no, no. thumbs up on that one, too. We oh, need to hear I more about it 100%. Um, and, and both of these addictions that we've talked about tonight, people will look at them and say, And that's the unfortunate part of it. Well, here, here's why that's it's not only unfortunate, but here's the deal how do you fix it? We didn't right. get into that very much. No, we didn't it's easy. I had a boss tell me many, many years ago. He said, I was telling him something that was wrong in the store I was working at. I was an assistant manager. I went to the general manager and I said, this is a problem. And he stood there nodding his head and he looked at me and he, finally I get through and he says, let me tell you something. I know what the problems are. I don't need to hear them. I need to hear some solutions. Yeah. So if you've got a solution, I'd love to hear it. But until then, I don't really give a crap. Right. That's kind of true with us. It's well, easy for you and I to sit here and say what should, the problems are. What we, are the should, we should plan another episode. And give solutions. And give solutions. Well, we did a little bit, a couple of things. We, we talked about SNAP and how yeah. to make it more like WIC. But for many of these, we had to sit here and say, you know what? These are needed. Now, as far as the long-term solution, you had one. I don't know how effective it would be as far as training to get more people oh, off yeah. the entire system. That's the only way to fix this problem you have is to, to give, get more be, a lot of these people that get trapped in this system lose the there one thing that everybody else has. What? Hope. hope. Yeah, there you go. And I agree. And that's the tra- system's fault. And the training gives them that hope. It shows a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't need this stuff if I can go over here. I've read two or three things about these programs along the lines of what you're talking about. And one thing I kept hearing was these people who went to training programs and they went for two or three sessions and the people were telling them how this training was going to help them. And then when it came time for the training to actually start, they were informed that the training program was out of money. Oh, jeez. So there was no more training. Ain't that crazy? That's that, just heartbreaking. But isn't that the government? Yeah. It really it is. is. It is. You're right. It is. 
Guys, right. thanks for listening. We certainly appreciate yeah. it. Charles like us, so long. So we, long. No, I, mean, I don't think they care. They've been. We've had multiple people asking for longer episodes anyway. So there you go. We're making them um, uh, Like us wherever you listen to us, be it Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, Our Radio, Spotify, Amazon, it is. Amazon. Please like us. It pushes us up the list. It allows other people to hear us. Um, also, with any any suggestions for our big, huge milestone that is coming, please save your foot pics for later and send us emails at newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Love to hear them. Show ideas as well. See you guys next week. Take care, guys. <laughs>